All right, everybody. Welcome to this full moon meditation meeting in New York. It's we're working today in the sign of Libra, which is a very good sign for full moon work. Very balancing and uh, and uh, equilibrizing sign. So thank you all for being here today. Um, I did want to make an announcement briefly before we start, which is really more for the people that are joining us online via Zoom. We have now enabled translatable captions on all of our Zoom meetings. And so what that means is if you turn on captions, you can um, change the language and uh, display the captions in your whatever language you want to view them in. So um, people in here in person, obviously, you cannot turn on captions, unfortunately. Maybe maybe one day we'll get the technology to to, to have that, but not not yet. So. All right, so every month at the full moon, our planet is the recipient of more light from the sun than at any other time. This is a basic astronomical fact. And yet we know that all physical phenomena have their subjective, inner, or occult causes. And in this case, the receipt of reflected light from the moon is said to be a great symbol of the cyclic meditation of our planetary logos, that great cosmic intelligence who is the giver and sustainer of all life within our planetary sphere. The high point of his meditation results in an influx of light into his body of manifestation, which is collectively all life on our planet, the seven kingdoms in nature. And humanity being an integral part of his body, therefore, shares in the spiritual achievement and success of this great life. At the height of his meditation, the entire mental plane is illuminated, facilitating the way of approach to the soul and to all the many spiritual energies which pour through it. And this cyclic illumination is why the full moon is said to be an incredibly propitious time for all serious meditators. And those in the spiritual path for the illumination of the mental plane greatly facilitates spiritual contact. But the full moon can also be a difficult time, a time of crisis and conflict and internal struggle. Initially, the inpouring light illumines all the dark places, producing a sense of despair. And every barrier which yet remains in one's path, past mistakes, Personal faults, all of them are thrown into stark relief. The spiritual alignment is fleeting and cannot be sustained. And when it fades, the pendulum of the emotional body tends to swing the other way. But these are the normal challenges incident to spiritual illumination generally. And they are overcome through the cultivation of right proportion, mental discrimination, detachment, and steady perseverance. But in addition to the difficult, the difficulties incident to the initial stages of illumination, the full moon also brings a general astral stimulation, which definitely complicates humanity's difficulty. Medical professionals acknowledge that at the height of the full moon, there is an increased prevalence of psychoses and neurotic conditions. The word lunacy, in fact, is derived from the Latin lunaticus, meaning moonstruck, and was originally used to describe episodes of periodic insanity correlating with the full moon. But this astral stimulation has a very specific um, occult cause. And what causes it is this, this, this basic relationship between the earth and the moon. Occultly, the moon is um, a body previously inhabited by our planetary logos. And though it is a dead planet with its life force entirely withdrawn on the physical, bl- physical plane, its astral body is in fact still linked with the astral body of the logos and therefore with all astral bodies, um, excuse me, linked with all astral bodies of all life forms on the planet, therefore. Imbalance at the full moon, therefore, is greatly exaggerated, and thus the effect of the reflected light from the moon is dual. On one hand, mental plane, 
um, on the mental plane, it has an illuminating effect and provides a way of hastened approach. And on the astral plane, it, it, it produces a lighting up of the veil of illusion and actually obscures the light of the soul. So it is no coincidence that this peculiar occult and astronomical fact, which occurs every month, is both an incredible opportunity and at the same time a test for humanity, which as a whole is just beginning to set its feet consciously upon the path. The first steps of the path are in some ways the most difficult, for one is still trying to build up the courage and will to reverse course and to begin treading the narrow and difficult way. This way leads across the desert of the purified mind into the unveiling of the hidden Christ, the soul which stands thereon. As one traverses this desert, the comfort and surety of the wide and easy way is relinquished. And this is referred to as the reversing of the wheel. An apt symbol, as one can imagine, the great effort which is required to at first slow, stop, and then reverse the aeonial habits of material existence. And so today, um, rather than sounding a mantra, um, I'd like us instead to take some time to orient ourselves upon the plane of mind and instead take a somewhat extended period of focused silence, aiming to reach a state of equanimity and balanced, followed by the triple sounding of the sacred word, the Om. So the OM, which we just sounded, the OM, and the OM, the A-U-M, together are two great words of power which tell the whole story of the descent and triumph of the Christ principle over all evil and even death. This is as much a human triumph as it is a divine triumph. For the human personality once perfected and brought under the control of the soul is the true word made flesh. The soul must descend into the depths of materialism before it can fulfill its divine calling, which is to raise, to redeem, and to save. The Om must be lost to the Om before it can be recovered again and the purposes of evolution fulfilled. The blending and fusing of soul and personality is therefore the first major step upon the path of recovering this lost word. For it is only the triumphant soul working through the personality, which can put it to use, really the triumphant soul-infused personality. The OM is key to the relationship between not just matter and spirit, but actually more specifically consciousness and life, or soul and spirit. 
and the resurrection and raising of humanity, the soul of humanity, onto the highest plane. The Om is said to be the final word uttered when all other words have failed. And this is only possible when the disciple, not the abstracted soul, but the soul-infused personality persists through every trial, more importantly through every failure, and yet remains poised at the center of the evened armed cross. This month, the constellation Libra conditions the energies pouring through the sun and into our planet. And Libra is very much key to the persistence, temperance, and judicious reasoning, which guides the disciple down the very difficult, narrow, and perilous path, leading between the pairs of opposites and onwards to spiritual triumph. The pairs of opposites which are revealed, weighed, and balanced in Libra are those of the astral plane. And the resolution of this duality is consummated upon the path of discipleship via the tests in Scorpio. The battles faced in the discipleship path cannot be won with material power, with keen wit, with charisma, or with any of the faculties of the purely personal self. Success requires humility, self-effacement, spiritual aspiration, sacrificial love, and an unerring commitment to the good and to the true. These tests prove beyond doubt that the man or woman can make right choice. And this ability to choose the way is what takes one through and away from the astral plane altogether and entirely onto the plane of the soul. Libra is in many ways a very consequential sign for humanity as we are now setting our feet upon this path of probation and conscious return. Libra facilitates the aspirant in finding their way through the pairs of opposites by balancing personality and soul. And rather than oscillating between the two, neither is said to predominate in this sign. In the early stages of the path, the antagonism between soul and personality is profound. The relationship is at first seen as a zero-sum game, meaning that the success of one is seen as requiring the failure of the other. But in Libra, the means to resolve this basic antagonism is revealed, thus bestowing the first real vision of the path. An example of the profound difficulty in resolving these opposites can be seen in any number of contentious social issues with which humanity struggles today. So often the emotions obscure the ability to reason clearly, and this leads to a state wherein the basic idealism of the mind is perverted by the illusions of the astral plane. This is kama manas, wherein mind and emotion function inseparably, one constantly acting upon the other. And this is the natural condition of the average human mind. But left unchecked, the influential nature of, of commas, or the emotional astral nature, actually deludes the mind into acknowledging only a limited set of choices. And in fact, this is the root of the us versus them paradigm, wherein the success of one must lead to the failure of another. This quintessential false dichotomy is rooted in the delusion produced when the astral body acts upon and perverts the otherwise clear reasoning of the mind. And this astral influence is neutralized through the careful balancing and discrimination of the Libran mind. It leads to a state in which right choice, which is the way between these false dichotomies, can be seen. And this occurs not only in the problem of ideology, but also with the whole problem of sex, which is the very archetype of the pairs of opposites. For humanity, sex remains shrouded in a profound fog of glamour. For on one hand, there's depravity, sexual indulgence, and the psychological delusions caused by the perversions of what should be a very natural and wholesome act. On the other, there is repression, and inadvertently producing any number of antisocial tendencies. And of course, the real problem lies in the details, of course, and 
these details are rather much more subtle and complex. But rather than swinging from one extreme to the other or in wandering aimless through a, a maze of complexity, Libra suggests that we first of all relinquish attachment and then observe within the silence of the mind. Libra also suggests that before the scales are balanced, they necessarily go through a sort of seesaw experience. And this allows one the full gamut of perspectives, eventually seeing any sort of deviation from the middle point as undesirable. And this middle way is not necessarily a compromise between two camps or a capitulation, but rather simply right choice based upon the clear vision and intuitive perception of the soul. It's important to recognize that the underlying antagonism of the so-called higher and lower way is simply the correct operation of spiritual law on every plane. Life is, and it is through Christ, through the soul, that we can find our place within the will and purpose which underlies evolution itself. This alignment with the will is the true peace which pathes understanding, which is the goal in Libra. And so the keynote of the disciple in Libra, I choose the way which leads between the two great lines of force, embodies not only mental discernment and balance, but also a special and sustained application of the will. In Libra, the disciple has already experienced the so-called freedom of choice in the worldly sense, and now pursues the true key to freedom, which lies in discerning right choice and the ability to pursue that right choice in subsequent alignment with divine law. The way of perfect balance through cultivation of judicious reasoning and therefore the mind, above all, in all three of its aspects. Astrologically, Saturn is said to be exalted in this sign, for it is the point of balance in Libra that a definite choice entailing both freedom and responsibility can be taken upon the physical plane and in the waking brain consciousness. But this is only possible in Libra. This choice is only possible in Libra, truly. Because in Libra, desire is opposed not through eradication, um, but through its right balancing. And this is important for when this, when this balance is achieved, one then has the freedom to tip the scales in whichever direction they choose. At the point of balance, the many ways resolve into one way, the way. It is for this reason that Libra, as I said, governs the probationary path onto which humanity is now taking its first steps. This is necessarily bringing to humanity many, many difficult choices, many crises, and it is also bringing deliberate and conscious purificatory measures from all sides. The many moral dilemmas and crises of our modern times are clear evidence of the profound influence of Saturn not just due to the Libran influence of the probationary path, but also because Saturn governs the first decanate of the Aquarian age. And so to conclude, I'd like to just say that the, um, one more point about Libra, and that is that the, the balancing of the scales in Libra are very much, are in many ways an interlude of recollection and of quiet reflection. And Libra is therefore very much related to the stage of contemplation, um, the higher interlude of the meditation process. Once a state of equilibrium is attained, that state of the higher interlude is attained, the reasoning, thinking, and building processes of the lower mind are gradually transcended. And in this state, one gains the ability not just to think and to reason, but to enter into their subject, so it is called, to enter into their subject, which means to perceive meaning directly through identification or entrainment, not just with that subject, with the universal source of meaning, which is in all things, in oneself, in others, and also likewise in God himself. 
The stage of contemplation is, of course, a profoundly difficult stage of the meditation process, but it is also the most important. When, medica- when meditation can be carried no further, when all the efforts of the reasoning mind have been exited to their fullest, there comes a real dawning of the need for a direct contact and experience of the higher worlds. There's something about coming to this limitation of the purely, of the purely human abilities and coming right to face with the, with the, with the need for the power of the soul to, to come in. And it does come in in a, in a great state of union, which can only be achieved once all these extensions and mechanisms of the lower self are moved entirely out of the way. And a new type of perception is at last awakened and employed. There, um, it's very difficult to describe the state of contemplation as we know, and there are many insightful descriptions, um, of this state. Some of them describe, some of these, um, describe it as a state of relinquishment and sacrifice of the lower self to the higher, to a higher power. Um, there's one that I find particularly interesting, Francois Malaval. He describes contemplation as the simple sight of God. And he writes that in this state, the meditator supposes all his reasonings as things past and known and instead contemplates his object in God himself. The object of meditation becoming God himself is practically inconceivable to the concrete mind. And this is somewhat the point. For the beauty of the abstract lies in its exact and untrammeled presentation of truth. For it gives us some sense of that which lies beyond our human limitation. And in doing so, helps to build in small measure the bridge from, from here to there, which is that bridge which we call the Antikorana, also the link we have to the higher worlds. And so without further ado, let us now proceed with our meditation. The full moon approach to the hierarchy. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light and low. The face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them.
alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. We then extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. I choose the way that leads between the two great lines of force.
Precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram and sound together the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy 
streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these important energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. Distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring energies of light and love and power in the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out. And may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Oh.
Thank you everyone for your participation um, this evening in this important work. I'd like to invite everyone to our upcoming meetings. Um, the next will be the new moon meeting on Friday, October 13th, 6 p.m. Then following that, the next full moon meeting will be the full moon in Scorpio on Friday, October 27th at 6 p.m. We will also have um, the World Goodwill Seminar coming up in early November, November 11th. And so I'd like to invite all of you to attend there as well. More information about the seminar can be found on the website at www.worldgoodwill.org. Um, lastly, I'd just like to say that the exact time of the full moon, the Libra full moon, is tomorrow morning at 5.57 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And so those of you who are able to, um, it's, it's, it's strongly advised to link up if you can with hierarchy at the exact moment of the full moon. It's an incredibly, um, spiritually powerful time and a, a great spiritual opportunity to facilitate the entrance of spiritual energies into humanity, into the planet. So, um, those of you who are able to and so inclined, and we invite you to join in 5.57 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time tomorrow, the exact time of the full moon. Thank you and all, and have a good evening. And Malcolm, good to see you again. Thank you, guys.